Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where personal finance is about the person, not the numbers. And budget isn't a four-letter word anymore. And here are your co-hosts, certified professional financial coaches, Kelsa Dickey and Jilly Manuel. All right. Hello, everyone. I am so excited. What a treat today. We get to do a podcast with Jill and me together. I can't believe it. (laughs) Yay. So much excitement. We just never get to like align our schedules for that to happen all that often. But um, I am so excited that we finally get to do one together. I know it's so fun. So we're going to dive in. I'm excited to be partnering up today. Yes. Today we are going to talk about preparing for the normalcy with COVID-19 maybe coming to an end, whether that is like soon or in a little bit, it is going to happen. We want to make sure people are financially prepared, right? That you are thinking about all the things to get ready for with your budget, expenses, maybe even income. And so we're going to tackle that today. Um, I don't know about you, Jill, but I feel like, I mean, I want the feeling of normalcy. I think this new, this feeling has become more normal, right? Like at first it was really weird. Um, but I think we all want a little bit of our life back. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's things I've been dreaming about getting out of the house to do. And then there's other ways where I'm like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I think I go back and forth like every other day or every other hour, I suppose, if yeah. you were to ask me. But yeah, I'll be ready when it comes back. Yeah. So, you know, the need for comfort can be real. It will be strong, I think, as things start to, start to reopen and restaurants and nail salons and, you know, schools and work and that sort of thing. And I think the realization that I had was that every brand in America is going to be coming to the rescue to help take away the darkness of discomfort, right? And help us get back to life being the way it was before the crisis. So we want to really urge people to be aware of what is coming with that. The number one focus always with our clients is to plan ahead. Our goal is not that you can plan everything. We don't think that's possible. We're pretty realistic people, I would say. Um, But if you can plan for 75% of what's coming, then the other 25% is just so much easier to tackle. And that's why we always want to help people plan ahead. Plus, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Oh, yeah. And it gets easier and easier, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, as as we were talking about what we wanted to chat about today, we really identified a lot of expenses in line with the teachings of Marie Kondo. So anyone that's not familiar with her, she's the like adorable Japanese woman who like helps everyone declutter their house. She is just like so cute. I want to put her in my pocket. Um, <laughs> And she, she is a professional organizer. So she really helps people to identify the things in their life that really bring them joy. So that is everything that she's about. She says, you know, if you're decluttering your closet, pull every single thing out of your closet, get it all out in a mess on the floor. It's everywhere. And before you put it back in the closet, pick it up, hold on to it, think about it and really reflect on that item and think, does this bring me joy? And if the answer is not a resounding yes, it doesn't go back in the closet. You say goodbye to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the same thing has kind of happened for us right now with our finances is that we've like 
pulled everything out of the closet, if you will. Like <laughs> everything got shaken up. We're looking at everything a little bit differently. Everything that was once in the closet is not there anymore because all of our expenses are different right now. And it's really much more difficult to remove from something from your life, right? Like once you have an expense or something in your life, it gets very hard to say goodbye to it. Well, now we've all sort of been forced to say goodbye to a lot of the things that were very normal to us for a long, long time. And so, you know, now as we're thinking about life coming back and things going back to normal, right? We want to start thinking about those different expenses, the things that we were spending our money on before, and really start to question, do we really want those things back in our life? Do they actually bring us joy? Are they things that we're really excited about having? Or are they just the things that we got really into a rut or into a routine with or just accepted as normal? Um, so that's kind of what we're going to ask you guys all to do. Yeah. And I think about how many times when a client is debating and like, should I cancel this subscription? Should I not? And sometimes what we do is we say, just do it. Cause you can always add it back later. If you change your mind, like just try it, just experiment with it. Just even just tell yourself it's temporary. And if you miss it so much that you want it back, you can add it back. Like usually these things are not that big of a choice, but now we were all forced into that choice of like just eliminating things maybe temporarily. And really what we want to do now is really ask ourselves, do we want to start it back up again? Right? So the first thing to look at is how many things or what things might you need to add back in actually out of necessity? So one of these examples is gas. You will likely go back to work or maybe you can't work from home forever. Although maybe that is something some companies might shift to being like, oh, we were forced into this and it's not so bad after all. Let's stick with it. But for some of you, you might have to go back to work or you might be if you carpool with your kids, if they don't take a bus or something like that, or you're driving around to kids' activities, gas is something that might go up out of requirement. Um, and you may not have too big of a choice on that. So just make sure if you're planning ahead with your budget, you might not have it on there right now, or you might have a very low amount. I know we do. We're not driving nearly as much as we used to. Don't forget to increase that in the next month or two. Um, another one is daycare. For us, we were able to make it work running the business and keeping our kids home 24-7. And our daycare, we were very blessed that they uh, did not charge anybody. So they were saying, like, if you aren't coming, then you don't have to pay, which I felt like it was a true blessing. We have some clients that, you know, maybe they're paying... or 40% or, you know, they had some arrangement with the daycare. Uh, Either way, it just might be one of those things that is an expense you need to add back to your budget. So don't forget to do that. Um, The other one that I know for me is a need. This is a necessity (laughs) is my housekeeper. I say though, is that I feel so much more grateful for having her. Like maybe I'd gotten so accustomed to having her that I forgot how great it was. And now that we have not had her for a couple of months now, uh, yes, this is absolutely a need. I appreciate it more than ever. Having a tidy house for me, um, it just helps me focus and I work from home. So I don't want to be distracted by the dishes in the sink or the 10 loads of laundry, you know, with having kids and all of that. I feel more creative. I feel lighter. I feel like I get to enjoy the, you know, the time that I do have with my kids that much more because I'm not spending all day on a Sunday cleaning my house, which is what I, you know, used to do or I am doing right now. Um, so what about you, Jill? What are some of the necessities that you absolutely feel like you're going to add back in? 
Well, gas for us, I think that's like an easy one for most people. You know, it's been non-existent for the most part for the last couple of months. So once we have somewhere to go, which is going to be a little while since Matt teaches and he's going to be home all summer, um, next fall, we'll be adding that one in, but it will definitely go back up. We've had some expenses that, you know, were reduced also like kids expenses. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, our kids take piano lessons and they converted everything to virtual lessons and reduced the price because they're getting like 20 minutes versus a 45 minute lesson. And it's got it virtually. So, you know, once that goes back to like a normal piano lesson, of course the prices will go back up as they rightfully should. So, um, so that one will definitely be coming. We haven't had any babysitters or anything like that. So like if we go out, of course, like that expense is going to be coming back into life. Mm -hmm. Um, the gym, they're not charging us. They haven't been charging us. And for me, that one is like an absolute essential expense. I am horrible about working out at home. And that's like one of the easiest things for me to pay for every single month. I never think twice about it because I definitely value that one. I'm curious, really quickly, I'm curious, do you feel like before this happened, were you sort of like questioning, like, could I work out from home? Could I save that expense? And this was like a good experiment for you of like, yep, I need the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I I think um, in a way, yeah. Like I think that I knew that I am not so great at holding myself accountable when I'm at home and have to work out at home. But every now and again, that thought comes into your head, right? And I definitely did have those moments of like, yeah, I see other people doing like some of the online programs or things like that. And maybe I should try that. Maybe it would be okay. And it's, it's not okay. (laughs) Not okay. I will say that I have probably invested more in fitness during COVID-19 than I typically do. And I have not followed through. Like I am horrible about working out at home. I've tried signing up for a couple of different like online programs thinking it was like what I needed to get back engaged with it. And um, I'm just going to say that that was like a, yeah, experiment that didn't work so well. So I yeah. definitely feel like the gym is my place. I yes. know that if I'm paying for it, I will use it. It's a great expense for me to have. Right. Um, working out at home. Nope. I'm done buying online programs. This was like yeah. very like, interesting. You know, yeah. Insightful for me to figure that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're luckily, you know, Phoenix, we have such inexpensive gyms, yeah. right? Like we have so many different options for gyms. You can spend 15 bucks a month and get a really great clean classes. Like, I mean, they have everything that you possibly need at the gyms. So I mean, really inexpensive in comparison. Yeah. Minus $20 a month. So, you know, it's like for 20 bucks to know that I'm going to get any class that I want, all the equipment that I want, the environment that I need clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, well worth it. I could spend $20 on a lot of worse things. Yeah. Yeah. So those are sort of the necessities that we feel, you know, and I think they're probably very much in alignment with our values. So your health is very important to you. Your fitness is important to you, which is why gym is a necessity for you. If we were to look at your value system, health and fitness is, is on there likely, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so next to necessities, we likely all have the expenses that we want back. They're considered luxuries though. So the things we miss, and this is really where Jill and I want to grab your attention today with this episode. Um, what we said in the intro is that we're going to see some really 
large marketing campaigns, probably the largest this world has ever seen by brands, by the government, your friends will be encouraging you to sort of like go back to normal with things. All of these uh, campaigns are going to make it really difficult for you to think through the types of decisions that Jill and I want you to be thinking through um, around whether or not you should be spending money, whether or not these things truly bring you fulfillment, satisfaction. They're all going to be trying to influence you so that you're not thinking about it clearly on your own. And so Jill and I want you to think about it now. Be really intentional, yeah. be very mindful, try to be proactive. That is the goal right now. And we're going to give you in just a few minutes six different questions you can ask yourself, some different considerations to really make sure you're, you know, thinking about this. And really and truly, like we are not anti-life. We're not anti-spending. We're not saying you should only spend money on necessities and never wants. Like that is not us at all. I never spend on wants. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I share my Instagram feed is um, all about earrings. Let me just say (laughs) earrings are my jam. I love spending money on earrings and they are not a need. I just absolutely love them. So they make me happy. Yes. Um, So we simply are trying to encourage you to be really intentional and mindful. um, And that starts today before everything starts opening back up. So one thing, there's an article and we're going to post it in the description and the show notes and that sort of thing. So if you want to take a look at it, but it really talked about this idea of what's about to come down and they're really called it gaslighting. This idea of like the largest gaslighting campaign ever is about to be forced upon us. And gaslighting is this idea that like we're all going to be you know, manipulated into making decisions that, you know, aren't in our best interest technically. So I'm going to read a section of this because I think it's just really good. The cardinal principle when marketing to all of us has always been find the consumer's problem and fix it with your product. When the problem is practical and tactical, the solution is as seen on TV and available at Home Depot. Command strips will save me from having to repaint. So will Mr. Clean's magic eraser. Alpha shelving will get rid of the mess in my closet. The ring doorbell will let me see who's on the porch if I can't take my eyes off of Netflix, which I just thought that was so funny. (laughs) Um, When the problem is emotional, the fix becomes a new staple in your life and you become a lifelong loyalist. Coca-Cola makes you happy. A Mercedes makes you successful. Taking your family on a Royal Caribbean cruise makes you special or like that Disney, you know, cruise or the big Disney vacation. Smart marketers know how to highlight what brands can do for you to make your life easier. But brilliant marketers know how to rewire your heart. And make no mistake, the heart is what has most been most traumatized this past month. We are, as a society, now more vulnerable in a whole new way. Oh my gosh. I, I know I read that article weeks ago and reading it again, preparing for this. Like It gives me chills, kind yes. of, like just to think about, um, the beauty and the like unsettledness of marketing sometimes, you know, it's like, wow, it is beautiful and brilliant. And it's also, if you're not aware, a very scary thing kind of to not be aware of what's happening. For sure. And the reality is like, we're in business, right? Like we do marketing and our philosophy is sell to serve, don't sell to manipulate. And I feel like when you cross that line, that's where it gets yucky. Right. And I don't know if you've noticed Jill, but like just over the last couple of months, 
all the commercials that are all about like, we're here with you. We're in this together. Like all these brands are just trying to pull on your heartstrings during this time right now. It's one after another. They're all doing the same message and the exact same thing's about to happen. But in regard to like, get your life back, regroup this whole, like this product is going to make it so your life is easier again. You know, those types of messages are coming. They definitely are. And you know, what, what we're finding is thinking about this is we all want normalcy, right? We all want to go back to something normal. And with this marketing, these companies are really going to try and convince you that their product is going to be the one to do just that. And, you know, preparing for this, I looked up the definition of normal because we're talking about normalcy, right? So like, what does normal mean exactly? And the definition, it says normal means conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. Okay. So let's take it one step further. Looked up the definition of conforming, right? Cause that's like the first word in the definition of normal. So conforming means the tendency to act or think like members of a group or to comply with rules and standards. Now, one synonym of the word conform is obey, and my spidey senses go up with that. Like, (laughs) maybe it's the rebel in me or the questioner. If you've done that Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies quiz, you know, I totally, as soon as someone tells me that I have to do something or I should do something that it's required, I immediately begin to question that and wonder why. Like, why do, why is that the way? Why do I have to do that? Are you sure that I need to do it that way? Maybe I'll test that. But I really want you all to do the same. If you are being told that you need something, start to just reflect, not, not immediately go with that conformity of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I know I don't like the feeling of, you know, being manipulated or as if I've fallen for some sort of trick or trap or something like that. And so we really want to give you a list of some questions that you can ask yourself as you're going back to this normalcy, if you will, um, to, to just be able to question some of the expenses and make sure there are things that you really value, that you really want, and um, that you're ready to welcome back into your life. Yeah. So great. Number one is what, ask yourself, what did I like about not having this expense? What did I like about not having this particular part of my life and really focusing on all of the benefits that actually came from omitting it? Um, So for example, I do miss having my nails done, but I actually like not having to sit at the salon every, you know, couple of weeks for a full hour. I mean, it's just something I had to figure out how to schedule it and make sure I fit it in. And like, does that fit with the kids schedule and all of that? And that was just such a nuisance. Um, I actually don't miss figuring that out, right? Like one less thing to coordinate with life. Um, I like having that time back to do whatever I want. I like that I'm not surrounding myself with all of those chemicals at the nail salon. Like I have no doubt that the stuff that's getting like, I mean, you can see it like blowing in the air all around you, you know, as they're like taking, you know, filing people's nails, like it's everywhere. And you were all breathing it in the whole time I'm there. And I just think like, it's not a bad thing that I have not been surrounding myself with all those chemicals. Right. And really, I ultimately like having that freed up money in my budget each month. Now, this question doesn't mean that you do or don't add that expense back in. It simply is one thing to consider 
not only what you miss about it, but what do you gain because you don't have that? That is just something to really take inventory of and make sure you're very conscious of. Sometimes we want to focus on one narrow perspective of something. And this is just sort of opening up that perspective to consider another angle on it. So uh, number two, does this really bring me joy? So Jill is talking about Marie Kondo and really she says that joy is a very strong feeling. It takes over your body. You can see when a person feels joy. And if you've watched like, if it's on Netflix or Hulu or something like her show, like you can tell people like it takes over their body when they actually touch something that brings them joy. So check in with yourself and say, did this expense, this activity? Did it truly bring me joy? And not just surface level, but really, truly deep joy. Um, And then number three, can I wait just a couple of more months before adding it back? So for every day, for every week or every month that you don't have this, the more you begin to forget about that thing entirely. So the longer you go without adding it back in, the more normal this feels. Right now, so many of us went into this being like, it's just temporary. I can do anything just temporary. But ask yourself, now that I can have it back, what if I just didn't for a little while longer? And it actually starts to feel more like a choice versus like something that was forced upon you. And as soon as you can make that shift, it's sometimes easier to let go of it because now it feels like something you were in control of. Yeah, for sure. Um, Number four on the list, the next question is, what gap is this expense filling? So ask yourself if there's a reason that you're paying for this thing. Is it filling in some void or something that's missing in your life, something that needs to actually be addressed? not by adding the thing back in, but by actually doing something very differently. So an example of this would be that you normally spend a lot of money on self-care. Maybe you get lots and lots of massages or facials, or you just need some time away. And it's actually because you're reaching burnout because your time is so busy and you're so overwhelmed and feeling really stressed. And so you're spending all of this money on self-care to remedy the fact that you're actually too overworked or stressed and you need to address that piece of it first. Yeah. Or maybe like not setting healthy boundaries or not turning work off at the end of the day. I don't know anything about that personally. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But just as an example, not that we can relate. I mean, my friend Um, told me about that. My friend, (laughs) it was my friend that told me about that. Right. Um, the number question number five is, is there a way that I can do a little bit, but just not as much as I did before? I think a great example of this is for anyone who has kids and you have kids in multiple different activities, you're, you know, pulling them from one sport or music lesson to the next and just running like crazy. I know sometimes it can feel a bit chaotic. We tend to not be like overjoiners by any means of like getting our kids into too many things, but I still feel like so relieved really by the amount of things that we haven't had to take them to over these last couple of months. It's very refreshing and it does just make me Um, I think that I've been able to reflect about why we don't have them in so many things and that it's just reconfirmed that decision all over again that like, yes, this is what we want. The kids love being home. They love having the family time. We have more time to, you know, focus on one another and on just downtime and relaxing and playing and, um, 
yeah. So that's like one example is that as things are starting back up, just to begin to question, like if we're putting the kids back into activities and different things, how many things is the right thing? Or do we have yeah. to go back to doing all of them? And that doesn't mean that you don't want to, you might want to entirely, sure. but maybe you don't. So it's time to reflect on that one. Well, and I don't know about you, like, and I've got young kids, so this might be a little different, but you know, they, we did have them in some activities and those things aren't open. So we haven't had the choice. And my kids have never once asked about those activities this whole time. And so part of me is like, okay, did I want them in it more than they wanted to be in it? Right. Because this whole time they're not saying like, when do I get to go back to that? Or, Hey, are we going there today? Like none of those even just simple questions. Great. They're three and four. So like, I'm not going to get deep emotional questions with them, but it's going to be like, I would have expected something and we're not hearing any of that, which is kind of like, "Hmm, I need to reevaluate that. Like, why were they in it to begin with? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an interesting observation, right? I'm sure it's different. And I imagine like my kids are a bit older, they're eight and 11 Um, but they haven't really mentioned missing anything either, to be quite honest. So (laughs) I'm like, but we're not like huge joiners. So for someone who has kids, I imagine that are a bit older, really involved in sports and things, maybe the conversation is very different at their house. Yeah. Or maybe they keep asking about one particular thing and that's the thing you get them back in right away and see how long it takes for them to ask about the other thing. Or, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where you reevaluate is really all that we're suggesting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Number six, have a bonus question here, but ask yourself, if I add it back, how can I be sure to feel appreciation for this expense in the future? Mm. And one example I thought that most of us can likely relate to is just eating out or like going to happy hour or something like that. And I think that before we were all like told we can't do it anymore, a lot of this was just for convenience, right? We were very busy. We would eat out simply because it was like the easy thing to do. But oftentimes we weren't like really appreciating the fact that we were out to eat and someone else was cooking for us and cleaning for us and, you know, serving us. We didn't have to put in the time and effort of doing that ourselves. I know for sure the thought of going out to dinner and not having to do the dishes. (laughs) Like, I want to really make sure I hold on to that feeling of how much I appreciate that because in our house in quarantine is ridiculous, like totally insane, out of control. So I'm definitely going to appreciate that. And I feel like, you know, such a great example, the happy hour thing is like going, you know, for a drink with you or with another girlfriend or something. And like, I really feel like I will appreciate it so much more. I will sit there and I will savor the drink, probably savor the conversation and just probably not pull out my phone at all, which like how many of us would have pulled out our phone for some reason during a, you know, conversation and just instead of just enjoying the company and I miss it so much, but I do hope that I appreciate it, you know, when that time comes. The human connection is like a greatly craved thing right now. Exactly. So let's recap the questions just for those um, who maybe were writing them down. Number one, what did I like about not having that expense? Number two, does this really bring me joy? Number three, can I just wait a couple more months, a couple more weeks before I actually add it back in? Can it be my choice instead of being forced upon me? Number four, what gap or void is this expense filling? And what else can I do to truly fill or solve that versus, you know, sort of like the Band-Aid? 
Um, number five, is there a way I can do just a little bit, but not as much as before? And number six, if I do add it back, how can I be sure to feel appreciation for this expense in the future? So besides those six questions or considerations above, we wanted to make sure we gave you some really practical tips for preparing for things to go back to normal as well. Um, the first one is you are likely or you might see a spike and a very quick spike in some expenses such as eating out or entertainment. So try to get those on your budget now so that you're ready for it. Or maybe even you start putting a little bit aside every single week, a little bit of cash or you know transfer it to a savings account or something so that when that time comes, you got that extra padding. I know I am so excited to go on a date with my husband and actually pay for that babysitter, go to dinner, go to a movie, right? Like just do something, just the two of us. Um, you know, I think those with young kids or kids in general can totally relate to that. Like, I just really would love some alone time with my husband and sure. just going out the two of us. And so I know that like, maybe we do that a couple of times right away. Right. And so, you know, start building that padding. Uh, number two, be realistic and honest with yourself on what you may need to add. Uh, we would much rather have clients be aware of their decisions and choices so that they can plan accordingly, not be in denial or try to be like super perfect or say like, oh no, I'm not going to spend any money on those things. And then essentially set yourself up for failure. Like that is not what we want for anybody. We would much rather have you be honest and realistic and just be okay with like whatever you can do or feel like you're capable of doing. Yeah. And that's like such a perfect lead into this next one, travel mm. expenses, because I'm definitely seeing this with a lot of clients that they're like, oh, I don't need to think about travel right now because we're not going anywhere. And we keep having to have this conversation but about like, but eventually you will, right? Like eventually you're going to want to go somewhere. And as soon as travel opens back up and like things start to feel back to the way that they were, you're likely going to want to travel more now because we've all been so like kept at home. And, claustrophobic. You know, claustrophobic. <laughs> I know for sure that's what's happening in our house. Like you're craving the date night. Matt and I already like booked an overnight at a hotel for the two of us to get away. That's how bad we're ready to have a break from our kids. <laughs> when, when did you book that? Like what month? We booked that about two weeks ago. So, um, two weeks ago, but for like what month is it? For the end of June. So oh, got it. Okay. Like seven weeks away, essentially. Got it. So we don't know. We'll see You're if like, everything's, I know, fingers crossed, right? We'll see if everything's back up to like kind of some sense of normalcy at that point. Um, we're prepared to cancel it if we can't go, but we're looking forward to that. And travel definitely is one that I think people need to think about putting back on their budget, like regardless of whether or not you know where you're going, when you're going, how much it's going to be, like start putting something away for travel because it will be coming. And when it yeah. opens back up, the temptation is certainly going to be there to book that next trip to like get out of the house and get away. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. The, the next one is time commitments. So you're likely going to see a massive shift in this all over again. Like just like when we all got the news that we were going into quarantine and everything came to a screeching halt, but then we had to figure out like, what does this new life look like and working from home and teaching kids from home. And like, we got pulled into all of these new routines. What's well, going to happen again, but in the opposite direction where suddenly our calendar is going to feel very, very full all over again. We've all kind of gotten accustomed to things feeling a little bit slower. Like even if we're used to working at home or we're 
beginning to be used to working at home now, for those of you who recently started doing this, like once you're back in the office and having to commute and having to drop kids off or run more errands or meet people for different meetings or dinners or whatever, life is going to feel very busy. So keep that in mind as you're getting back to things because that busyness increases your expenses actually. It makes convenience mm -hmm. a much more like needed sort of expense in your life. So you want to be very aware that that's coming. And I don't know about you, but I feel like um, there's been so many times these last couple of months where I'm like, okay, I want to go someplace. Nope, I can't. Right. And so it just kind <laughs> oh, yeah. of like shuts that thought process down. I envision what will happen is feeling as if I'm like, there's so many options all of a sudden. Now there's like so many things I want to do or so many places I could go. It might feel overwhelming all of a sudden because I'm just not used to it again. Right. You yeah, know? for sure. So like decision fatigue could be a real thing for a little while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We all um, experienced it at the beginning and we're all going to experience it all over again. Right. So. Exactly. Like anytime there's a change of routine, like likely decision fatigue will kick in because everything feels new. So everything is requiring so much more thought and so much more of that energy, that mental energy to make a decision. So okay. um, another uh, area that you may want to focus on ladies is grooming men too, I should say, come on now. Right. Um, men can get waxed and get nice haircuts. <laughs> haircuts. And Yes, Matt, Matt and my oldest son, they already scheduled their first haircuts. They were like awesome. the first one on the salon's like phone the list. The day they were Matt, opening. That was like, as soon as you open, I need to be your first phone call. They're getting in actually tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> I think that's so funny because I remember when we were talking to you guys and Matt did not want you to cut his hair at all. And we convinced him, just let her do it. It'll be fine. And